Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 363. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we gently stand off the barnacles of winter and walk bravely into the bandesolet of summer. I am your host, Nagin Farsad. And uh, does anyone else remember the bandesolet? Bandesolet for the Saint-Tropez. Ten. Not a great rhyme at the end of the day. Um, but does do you guys remember that commercial? I just, for some reason, it popped into my head. And then I just, it was in my head all day long. Um, it was like, it's. I think it's possibly my earliest childhood memory is, is French uh, luxury uh, bathed in capitalism is my earliest, is like my <laughs> earliest childhood memory. Today, I don't. We'll, <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember that commercial, but you sang it beautifully. Oh, thank you so much. Really um, thank you so mm. much. It was like no. If you look up this commercial, I feel like it will. Anyone who was alive in the '80s will have a vague memory of this commercial. The like lady who was tan, um, who was apparently French. 
Uh, but today, we're not going to talk about French luxury, although, you know, listeners <laughs> like to know that I love talking about French luxury. Today, instead, we're going to ask whether the kids are all right in the office. Like, do they even know how to behave when they get there? We'll also look at the candidacy, in air quotes, of Robert Kennedy Jr. And finally, this one woman shares her secret um, and how to make a man obsessed with her. And we wonder if, respectfully, she's full of shit. Today, I am joined. I'm so excited by today's panel. These panel are not full of shit. They're full of all of the good things that everybody loves and needs. We have with us um, veteran of the show. You have been hearing her on our Bear Recap pods on Tuesdays. We just dropped episode, uh, the recap of season two, episode one and two. I mean, we're having such a good time and I knew she would be the exact right person to join me on this odyssey. Um, she's also, you've seen her on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert because she's fancy like that. She's also the co-host of the podcast, Were You Raised by Wolves? Subscribe immediately. And of course, She's on all the social medias where she's dropping just like the best gems of social media content. You should not be on social media, but the only exception I make is to follow the one and only Leah Bonama. Hello, Leah Bonama. Oh, my goodness. Hello. Thank you for having me. This has been the best week of my life. I get to see you every day. <laughs> Um, uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's so great having you. And you know what else is great? It's so great having this next uh, panelist. He's so, I mean, this guy, he's a podcaster. He's a two-time Eisner-nominated, uh, award-dominated uh, person for his comic books. Uh, just a prolific and esteemed writer of comic books. In fact, he has a new one. It's a new Archie comic. It is on bookshelves right this very moment. It's called Camp Pickens. You should be just like pausing the podcast, running out to your local bookseller, picking it up, and then coming back and then resuming the podcast. It is the excellent Jordan Morris. Hello, Jordan. Thank you. Hi, I'm here. I'm feeling French. I'm feeling luxurious. Let's do it. <laughs> but are you bathed in capitalism? I'm dipping a baguette into a Mai Tai. <laughs> um, okay, well, before we get into the show, I just want to remind listeners that if you are enjoying this show, and maybe you're also enjoying this, the second, the recap, pod that's also dropping in the feed um maybe you're getting like two for one why don't you join the patreon at patreon.com slash nagin farsad where you can get even more you could get um additional episodes of the podcast that you love so much go to patreon.com slash nagin farsad um and for very little um capitalistic cash monies <laughs> you can get bonus episodes <laughs> of the show <laughs> and now um let us get into it with topic number one so the class of 2023 doesn't quite know how to behave in the office. They're also one of the few graduating classes that will have had a pandemic-interrupted college life. Now, according to some sort of sources, the kids need instruction on how to behave. But before we get into, um, you know, like some of the pieces we read and all that stuff, um, I'm assuming we've all experienced an office at some point after college. Is that true for the three of us? Yes. Yes. I, okay. I've, I've, been, I've been in an office. Um, I kind of understand you know, where, where the people in the story are coming from. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like, I, I feel like, I mean, this is, it's, it's COVID related, right? I mean, I think we're all just kind of learning how to behave again. I, I actually went back into an office for the first time since COVID not too long ago. Yeah. And I just had to keep telling myself, 
don't just start singing a song you made up about your cat. Don't just start <laughs> singing it. You can do that when you're working from home. You cannot do that at the coffee maker. Although I would enjoy that deeply. I that mean, would I, be... I know. I think that's yeah. that's possibly what offices need more. Like if you're at Goldman <laughs> or something and someone just starts singing, like what it, that obviously is going to make for better uh, capitalists. Um, do you guys but... want to hear a couple bars? <laughs> always. Always. Let's hear it. Okay. Okay. Her name's Bug. The cat's name is Bug. Oh, Buggy, you came and you made me some biscuits. <laughs> now, fun on a podcast, not fun when you just hear it coming out of the bathroom stall. Also, just like a real testament to this one cat's culinary skill, uh, which I'm just really shocked by. I mean, this oh, is- Oh, you should see the biscuits this kitty this makes. This is insane. She um works Now, but he, my question for you both is- did you feel like when, like, let's take it back to when you were a, a, a young buck of 22, mm. um, which was just a couple of years ago because we're all so young. Um, <laughs> when you were a young buck of 22, did you, f- and you were like entering the workforce, were you nervous about that? Was there mm. elements of it that you didn't understand? Did you wish there was a seminar? I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just curious where you were sort of mentally, if you can take me back to that time, Leah. I, well, I was reading this. You know, by the time I graduated college and I'd already been working eight years, mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? I feel like I had a job since late middle school, early yeah. high school. Yeah. And they weren't in necessarily in an office setting, but I understood group dynamics in a working situation uh, because I'd had jobs. I did go with, when I first moved to New York, I got a temp job in an office mm-hmm. and like I did not understand uh, dress codes. <laughs> uh, let me say that. Uh, but as far as, you know, I, where I grew up, everybody had jobs starting as a teenager so I feel like you'd already even if I'd gone away for two years because of COVID I would have been like oh I gotta show up on time I shouldn't like talk about the hottest topic that's gonna polarize everybody um you know I'm not gonna stand in the middle and eat with my mouth open I should put my stuff back I feel like I'd gotten those basic skills already pre-college yeah I mean that's kind of my deal too I had like a bunch of small jobs you know, I had I had some kind of uh, I, I was I did a lot of like filing jobs and uh, and a few filing jobs in high school. So like I would just get a job, get I don't even honestly, what was the hourly rate that I was who knows? But like I was getting some meager amount of money to like put files away in a couple of offices when when I was in high school. And then um, and then in college, I had like a well, I had a ton of like Front, front, front facing like retail uh, wait, waitressing and all that kind of jobs um, bar- barista etc but I mean and then even still though like there was some research up there was like and then I had internships I had a ton of internships and I think maybe that's where there's a hole here for these kids is that they didn't necessarily have the same level of internships that I had um, you know that kind of gave them a taste uh, Jordan, what was your situation? Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, very similar to yours, uh, some baristaing, some retailing, and then post college, uh, some internships, and 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 those were weird. You know, I was in my twenties, so I was like always hungover and needed to leave early to get to improv practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, always. I think part hungover. of this is just. 
Yeah, I think part of this is just like you're always kind of a mess in your 20s. Yes. You know, pandemic or no pandemic. So like some, you know, reminders on how adults behave are always good. Like, um, you know, th- this article mentions like elevator chit chat and it's totally real. Like being in an elevator with one of your superiors is kind of weird. Like Stressful. It's a little stressful. You, wa- you want to chat. But it can't be, you, you know, you can't drop a huge topic on them. Like when they push six, don't just say, so do you believe in God? Like maybe, <laughs> maybe hot enough for you. You know, that's a good one. Right, um, right. So, yeah, I, 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 I do kind of I do, you know, I, I do sympathize with modern modern, uh, you know, 20 somethings getting out into the office. But like no matter what, you're just kind of a wreck at that age, right? Yeah, like everyone sort of sucks. I mean, I, first of all, I think that showing (laughs) up, yeah, showing up to work hungover was, I mean, that is what everyone did. And I remember, so I, my first real job out of college was, (laughs) I don't know if this is a good look for anybody, but I was, I was one of the, I was a consultant at KPMG. KPMG was actually listed in this article that we read. Um, Their little program was mentioned in this article. New grads have no idea how to behave in the office. Help is on the way by Lindsay Ellis. And um, and it's funny because, I mean, there was no, no such thing when I started working at KPMG, but I literally took a nap underneath my desk on a couple of very hungover days and just, got, <laughs> I mean, which is not something oh, I yeah. knew it was wrong. I knew you're not supposed to like go to work and take a nap, like obviously, but like I got away with it. You know what I mean? Cause I was in such, I was a wreck and I was like, overachiever, a go-getter, like a people pleaser. Like I wanted to do all those things, but sometimes the like hangover was just too strong. And then the improv schedule was just too demanding. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know. Improv, you know, that's that's your first job. Anything else is just a second priority to the um, to the amazing right. and enriching oh, oh, com- world of improv. Oh, completely, comedy. completely. No, Miami University arranged an etiquette dinner, and one of the things they said was eat at your own pace, discuss neutral topics, and avoid personal questions. Um, Leah, it, what did, what's your <laughs> position on the work dinner? Well, I, I've, as you know, or as one may know, Where You Raised by Wolves is an etiquette podcast. Yes, which is why I so really wanted article, your take on perfect this. Perfect synergy, we, good. We, right? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what a perfect article. Oh my goodness. And, um, you know, we just, we get a lot of questions about these kind of things. And always at the center of every uh, response that we figure out is was the best way to handle it is just being mindful of other people around you. Um, so like at an office dinner, at an office in the office setting, it's always like what makes collectively people not feel uncomfortable. So if you're in an elevator with somebody and you just jump out with like, hey, do you think we go somewhere after we die? Like it's a little uncomfortable for everybody, you know, if you don't put your dishes away, you're assuming somebody else's picking up after you. It's it's always like, am I being mindful of the community around me at the center of every issue? Um, one of the things they wrote is, they talked about in that seminar was when buttering bread, it's best to put a slab on one's own bread plate before applying it to a roll. And when cutting food, holding the fork hump side up is best. Now, the, the funny thing about some of these etiquette things is that they're like a little, the thing you're, you're kind of... Um, 
uh, uh, what are those um cotillion teacher would teach well, you yes. and you know uh-huh. what i mean some of these things are like not even about you know behavior around colleagues it's just sort of like be you know social mores yeah i mean i guess i guess this makes sense i guess you know if you do enter the pandemic into it we've all just been like shoving postmates into our mouth with our hands so you know a little bit of like you know, a, a a knife reminder is a good thing. Um, by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this. Fifty three percent of people who are graduating in twenty twenty three, according to a survey of a class of seven hundred, and I'm not sure if that meets the requirements of science. Mm. The number seven hundred mm. for a sample size, um, but let's say that it does. Fifty three percent of those people said they wanted to be fully in person, um, and only twenty one percent they wanted to be fully remote, and the rest, I imagine, wanted to be hybrid. So uh, most of these people are opting to go into the office, like they want to do that. And I think one of the missing pieces there is obviously FaceTime is just going to get you more commitment, loyalty, care from like the people around you and from the people above you. And one of the missing pieces this article talked about is mentorship. Like what kind of role did mentorship play for either of you coming up? I mean, it's a little weird for us because we're in entertainment, but um, did mentorship have a role? I don't think there was the word mentorship when I graduated. (laughs) I think it was more the culture of like... uh, I mean, I, I maybe I just didn't have the skills to communicate that. And that would have been a helpful class, like to learn how to, you know, they could also have thrown in like basic uh, skills, like a basic skills class. Like what's a mentorship? How do I ask for it? What's a checking account? You know, how do I do taxes? Like actually, instead of like what's Foucault's Panopticon. But I mean, right. had I <laughs> right. had those skills. But I don't think that that was like a dialogue when I first got out of college, um, which was when the pilgrims were going across America. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it was more like get in there, put your head down, work really hard. Uh, you know, they're going to load you up with extra work and you just have to sort of grin and bear it and prove yourself. Uh, maybe there were people already talking about mentorships, but I it wasn't in my lexicon. Yeah. Jordan. I yeah. So I, I actually did have have a good um, experience with kind of mentorship situation. So as I mentioned, I was an intern and then my next job after that was I was a PA or a production assistant, kind of the lowest um, rung on the show business ladder. And I like, you know, I got coffee and I, you know, took people's cars to get washed. And I, I, I literally bought clothes for Fran Drescher's dog. I had to go to a <laughs> dog clothing store to buy her dog clothes. And I realized like, oh, I'm technically subservient to this dog. Like I'm doing its errands for it. Um, but, it, you know, I was I was glad to. It's like a little bit embarrassing, but I did like learn a lot. And like I did just learn all these awesome little tips. Like I think the thing that I use the most, you know, in my new business relationships is like I got the tip, like always have a question ready because someone will ask, do you have any questions for me? And like having something in the chamber yeah, so you don't just panic huge. and say like, do you and your partner poop in front of each other? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> like don't don't ask that in an interview. Literally, about- Jor- Jordan, as you say, have a question in the chamber. 
stressed me out because I I to this day don't really have a question in the chamber for that situation and it's funny because I spend most of my life asking people questions like that's like kind of what I do but I in literally in an interview or like that kind of professional situation or like even like when you're doing like pitch meetings and stuff like that I'm I like really panic about um having a question at the ready or whatever it's something but it's so important think about it beforehand have even a couple and then you don't have to like think about it ever again it'll just be in your brain you know um also let me let me end on this i thought this was fun one of these um seminars i don't know if it was offered like uh, they talked about one that was offered by kpmg my old workplace um they they talked about ones that were offered by recruiters ones that were offered by universities and one of these they did an improv-based public speaking workshop and one of the prompts the participants were asked to describe themselves in three words quickly going with their first impulse um I also, I was like, oh yeah, like introducing yourself is a thing that has to happen. Um, And that also stressed me out. Are you able to introduce yourself quickly in three words? Panic, panic, panic. That would be my three words. (laughs) Anxious, anxious, anxious. In my 20s, it would have been improv is life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we will leave this segment. and, and. (laughs) (laughs) We will leave this segment on improv is life. Folks, let me know. Are you into this idea? Do you think it's useful? Do you wish you had this when you were graduating from college? Hit me up. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and we come back. We will continue. Continue our chatter. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. (sighs) 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And now let us get into it with topic number two. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running in the Democratic presidential primary against Joe Biden. And before we get into it, I just want to ask, like, Leah, Jordan. Yes. Have you, before today, what did you really even know about RFK Jr.? Like, was, it, was he a person on your radar? I did remember during the pandemic when his wife was like, oh, I did completely disagree with you saying that publicly. About vaccines, remember? Yeah, he, he, he made like a, he made a, he made a Holocaust Holocaust analogy, comment. And his wife is Cheryl, Cheryl Hines, Hines from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. And um, yeah, had to say, maybe, maybe don't. Make Holocaust references so casually. (laughs) Yeah, he compared like people having to give vaccines to to Holocaust passports. And she was like, no, let's walk that back. Right. (laughs) Wait, that is not cool or appropriate. And that's still his wife. This woman is still his wife, this actor. I think so, so, yeah. RFK was on my radar because, um, okay, so I grew up in Orange County in the 90s. Henceforth, I have a soft spot for ska music. Um, I, <laughs> yes! know. I don't like it. I don't like it, uh, but it's part of me. Yes, I know. A man mm-hmm. who's into both ska and improv. How did this <laughs> How did this enigma come to be? Um, anyway, but but so, you know, and one of my favorite bands from that era was the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. They recently broke up because their lead singer uh, wanted to do like campaign music for RFK and the rest of the band is like, no, <laughs> that's insane. So, uh, you know, they broke up, but the lead singer of that band and a bunch of other guys who were kicked out of their ska and punk bands for being anti-vaxxed have now formed an anti-vax supergroup. Wow. Yeah. Coming soon to a Florida near you. <laughs> they're called the Defiant. Um, Woo! I don't of think course. Yeah, of course. Know, they're called the Defiant. Yes. They used right, literally exactly. 0% of their imagination to come up with that name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's been on my radar. And now, uh, and now apparently the wacko that started it all is going to be our next <laughs> jacked, hairless, push up doing president. Wait, so this is, I mean, first of all, I did not anticipate the mighty, mighty Boston's figuring into this answer at all whatsoever. So Listen, I just want to say that's what you a, get when you book me. You get the, <laughs> this you, is everything a, will go back to the mighty, mighty Boston. This is a fake of the nation first. Um, I feel like we should really commemorate this moment. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that what my, my idea was my, my understanding of him was just like fringe dude against vaccines, but also he was sort of like, I, I think alongside maybe Jenny McCarthy back in the day, anti-vax. I mean, I didn't even hear about him then. I just more ho- heard about him during the COVID stuff. Um, 
But for people who don't know who this dude is, and again, I'm not trying to like make him more famous <laughs> for the record. So this is just interesting fodder that you should then not commit to memory. Um, he is the nephew of former <laughs> President John F. Kennedy. He's the son of the attor- former Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy. He actually backed Hillary Clinton in 2016. He was actually a, a celebrated environmental justice lawyer who helped clean up New York's Hudson River. Um, but then after all of that, he sort of went sideways. He he falsely claimed that some childhood vaccines had dangerous levels of mercury that could cause autism. He's also not a fan of the COVID vaccine, as we mentioned. His campaign wants to end, quote, the corrupt merger of state and corporate power that is threatening now to impose a new kind of corporate feudalism in our country. Um, and he claims that his father wasn't killed by Saran Saran and pushed for his release from prison, which was Interesting, I didn't know that. Uh, He also thinks 5G cell phone transmission towers are being used to harvest our data and control our behavior. And he blames psychopharmaceuticals for mass shootings. That's just a little fun list of bullet points uh, for what you can expect when you're at your professional colleague dinner with RFK Jr. (laughs) holding your fork come side up. Um. Uh, do you think he's, um, I mean, how much are you concerned about this guy? His poll numbers are sort of in the teens uh, for the Democratic primary. Are you concerned at all, Leah? Is this guy giving you um, agita? I, I'm not concerned. I do think, uh, as that article brought up, it's like uh, he's got the name recognition. So if you don't know anything about him, you're like, oh, I, I, you know, what? it's like when you first date somebody and you don't know anything about them and then they're great from afar. And then you hear that all the things that come out of their mouth and you're like, oh, I'm leaving immediately. Like, I can't. <laughs> this is a, you're an insane person. I also right. really appreciated that the article said he's been disavowed by many of his family members, which I just that's my favorite line. Oh, are you being disavowed by family members? <laughs> that's phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, that that I think is an important point because when he was when he got a lot of visibility during or more visibility during COVID, his his relatives, um, a few of them actually got together, penned an op-ed and made sure that everybody knew that they were disavowing him and his positions because they felt like he's also dragging the Kennedy name through the mud and that sucked for everybody. Uh, Jordan, are you concerned about him? Yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, all the stuff you mentioned but also i think it, it it's it's worth bringing up that this guy is also into joe rogan and cryptocurrency <laughs> um, so he has all the qualities of the most annoying person you've ever sat next to on a plane yes and, and yeah like i feel like if you dig if you dug deep enough he's probably also into essential oils and thinks jared leto was the best joker <laughs> Um, <laughs> Just one, <laughs> one like big quick defense of a certain essential oil, which is like oh, pepper. Okay. Pe- I thought you were going to say Jared Leto is the Joker. I did too, I and did I was too. prepared to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I'm wildly indifferent on that. Actually, wildly indifferent. But wildly. I will say about there's a there's an essential oil, and I think it's an essential oil that's like peppermint that I rub on my neck when I get headaches. Oh, so nice. I just. And it feels refreshing. Like, I think I think most people will agree, but I'll let the doctors and scientists um, determine whether or not it feels refreshing. 
Yes. <laughs> you know I, how I science agree. does that. I think some essential oils are refreshing and smell yeah. very nice. I think that there's a certain <laughs> segment of the population uh, who all who thinks that maybe maybe they're they're better than medicine. Um, yeah. So no. Yeah. Yeah. This is. But um, they smell I smell lovely. I'll do. I'll do an Advil with a peppermint oil oh, on yeah, my neck. Absolutely. Is what I generally little, uh, shot like. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I don't know if I I, I kind of. I referenced this a little bit up top. I don't know if anyone saw his Instagram post where he's doing shirtless push-ups in jeans. This man is a psychopath doing jeans. push-ups in jeans. It's like when that's someone bites a string cheese without peeling it. It's just like psycho that's, behavior. That's insane. We By the way, cannot. my daughter bites a string cheese without peeling it. I'm like, you're the only <laughs> child that doesn't Wait. like to pull it off. I also bite it without peeling it. Wait a Are second. Leah, my we daughter Rika, and RFK Jr. Venn diagram. <laughs> what a wild Venn diagram. Three, never let any of these people near the White House. Psycho, I'm, also, all of them. <laughs> I'm often shirtless, I'll be honest. I had to put a shirt on for the show. But do you work out in jeans? <laughs> I do not. Are you, a person chafes. It's, yeah, uh, I mean, that's, cr- that's crazy. I remember, it, I, I remember being um, at a gym in New York City once and like a man in his 60s was wearing jeans at the gym like on a treadmill and I just I mean I laughed for several days just at that like the memory of that one man um I will say okay again I don't want people to be worried because that's not our point here on fake the nation is to worry people but I do want to like let people know of like a funny kind of strange outcome that could happen again I don't think once once there's like any kind of real coverage of this guy I don't think anyone will you know, I think everyone will know that he's not for real. Um, also, did you guys notice he's endorsed by by Jack Dorsey, the Dorsey endorsement? Yeah, I know. All the tech bros love the him. tech it's bros love this weird. guy. Very strange. That is um, point, points against him in my book, but yeah, but it is wacky yeah. that those types are drawn to him. Drawn to him. Um, the so the weird thing I would say is so right now the Democratic Party has decided to start the primary season in South Carolina, right? Like they redrew the map. We talked about it on their show. That was a big change. We wanted to mix it up. They want to actually change the order from time to time. Um, No one state should have some kind of primary, some uh, uh, initial position all the time. It like doesn't make any sense. And especially when it comes to states that just aren't as diverse as places like South Carolina are. So anyway, so that's now the first primary state. However, New Hampshire and Iowa have not accepted it. They're in the Style phase, okay? And so there is a chance that RFK Jr. is on the ballot in New Hampshire and Iowa. He wins the that primary in that caucus and becomes this sort of in and 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 Look, we're not going to know until September if this happens, um, because New New Hampshire and, and Iowa might just like become reasonable, you know. Uh, but there is a chance. <laughs> Knock on wood. Knock Mighty on wood. Boston's reference. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I know it. someone who has. <laughs> I, I don't care if the man hasn't been vaccinated. That is still a jam. <laughs> I, I might not agree with everything he thinks, but <laughs> I do agree. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So that's like a, a weird little thing to look out for. But again, did I stress you out? I don't want to stress you out. Did I stress you out? I mean, it's already a mess out there. You know, sure. let's just let's just throw in a wild uh, jeans wearing shirtless push up man. <laughs> 
I, and I, 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 think, I think it's a solid rule that if somebody compares something to the Holocaust that's not the Holocaust, we can just be like, nope. Yeah, right. no, thank you. Also, I feel like it's another solid rule that if Biden did more push-ups on camera, people would be less concerned about Biden. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I mean? Maybe, maybe, maybe this this wacko running as a Democrat, like, you know... I, I'm a Democrat. I enjoy voting for Democrats. A little hard to get excited about Joe Biden. Uh, you know, he's he, he you know feels like kind of a compromise candidate in a lot of ways. And I guess it's just nice to be like, well, we could have this. We could have <laughs> something so much worse. Yeah, <laughs> look how bad it could be. And, and you know, all of a sudden, I'm a little more stoked on yeah, Biden. Yeah, no, like, it's okay. right. It makes him. Yeah, yeah. He's it's got sort the of aviators. A... We all like the aviators, yeah, right? Yeah, it's cool. sort of like giving him implied push-ups. You know, right? Like yes. he push-ups that he doesn't have, have to actually do. Um, all right, folks. Uh, and just as a reminder, you know, we're we're not like fucking heavily getting into election season or anything at all. We still have two summers to go before anyone votes on fucking anything. So let's everybody calm down. However, that said, listeners, if you have any races to watch, places you want to just like point out and mention or whatever, you let me know. I um, I'm always open to races to watch. All right. Now let's get into it with topic number three. We read a piece in the New York Post, which is really the Chaucer of newspapers. Yes. And the headline, <laughs> the headline was, I learned how to make any man obsessed with me. Now, you can already tell from that headline that we're abandoning the world of civil society and we're entering some kind of garbage realm. But it's so garbage fun realm. to enter yes. this garbage realm. Just join yes. me. If you're woman- tired of going into the Spider-Verse, why not go into the garbage <laughs> realm? <laughs> That's what I'm pitching to Marvel, by the way. This um, <laughs> this woman talks about her dating experience and how she couldn't retain interest from men until she had a dating epiphany that basically she needs to engage in, quote, sexy indifference. Now, do either of you want to explain to the listening audience what sexy indifference means? I, it's like a casual cool. I don't doesn't really matter to me how this ends up. Yeah. Just so you're like, you're cool. You're sexy and you don't care. I don't care. I'm good with whatever. Yeah. I think the article, the the author of the article, like says you should like cancel plans with people you like and, and make yourself like hard to reach. Yeah. I It's I, listen. I don't know if this works, <laughs> but. If Christina Hendricks is listening, I'm indifferent toward you. <laughs> I don't think about you ever. <laughs> if you texted, I'd probably wait a couple days to get back to you. So the article basically said it's basically when you're attracting a romantic partner or auditioning for a role or making friends, you appear as someone who does not seem overly concerned with the outcome of the situation. You're basically meh about the whole thing. And most of us find it really intriguing and attractive. It leaves people wondering, why are you so unfazed by it all? Who is this person who who couldn't give a fuck. Now, Jordan, are you the type of person that loves it when someone is meh towards you? (laughs) No, I hate it. Yes, this is such bad advice. I feel like, okay, sexy indifference, when I read the headline, made me think of, it's a new coffee shop where the baristas hate you. (laughs) (laughs) 
You ask for oat milk, you get almond milk, and you're gonna like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. The, the 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 author of this article, and I say author seriously because this is a, per- <laughs> this is a person of letters writing for the New York Post. Um, you know, they said something about like, oh, they started having more dating success when they they did this kind of like soft ghosting thing, not returning text, canceling plans. But they also mentioned like. Also, at this time in my life, I I got a job that I liked, and I I found an exercise routine that I was into, and I'm like, okay, maybe that's part of the reason. Like, maybe you're yeah. confident and you feel good, and that is what draws people to you. I don't know. Yeah, I I always like, you know, I it, this is a cold take, I think, but like, it seems like the the one of the solutions to dating problems is like work on yourself, make yourself more happy. Like, and then, you know, you have an energy people like, and yeah, I feel like doing these wacko techniques where you're like rude to people on purpose. I don't know. Like dating is so tough. It's like, why make it more like toxic and aggressive? I don't know. It really sucks. I think there is a line though. Like you could walk up to not being rude, like the canceling on people. And I don't like any of that, but there is something about not being needy. And I think that's in every situation. Like they mentioned auditions, they mentioned at jobs, they mentioned dates where you don't feel like everything in the whole world rests on this decision because the (laughs) other person in the room, I do not agree with the part that you said about her being like, I'm going to cancel. I'm going to, I mean, like, that's just why are we doing that? That's just being mean. But being I'm cool with whatever happens because um, I feel OK about myself. I do think there's something in that. And the reason. Yeah. And I don't even think it's just humans. My dog, Lacey Jane. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. people who, yes. Where's this who going? Are needy, she hates she hates needy people. And it's so in, the more somebody wants to pet her and have her like them, the more she does not like them, the more distrust she has for them. She will actually bark and back up. And I'll be like, you, you're too much. It's too much. You're overwhelming her. And the more somebody's like, hey, what's up? She's like, OK, cool. It's very interesting to watch because it's like a study on uh, emotions. Uh, like this guy was at the park two days ago and he was wearing a shirt that says single and ready to be uncomfortable around somebody I find attractive. Wild shirt. Oh, God. And that's he a, that's was a, there alone. That's a chaos shirt. <laughs> chaos shirt. No dog. Came up to Lacey. Oh, no. And was like, hey, hey. And just kept trying to pet her. And she was like, nope. Yeah. Red flag. She can't sure. even read. And she was like, needy, needy. Like, don't I don't know it. what your shirt says. I bet it's bad. <laughs> and he kept going in, like me, like me, like me. And right. I think that's the vibe you don't want to give. But that doesn't mean you can't show up on time and respect people's yeah. time and not sure. cancel. But you cannot be like, hey, do you want to get married? Do you like me? What's happening? Uh, let me drop everything for you. Or let me walk into this audition and be like, I'll be everything you want. You know what I mean? It's just like a casual like, okay, yeah. I mean, I think that's not that I can do that. I'm constantly panicked. (laughs) Well, I mean, right. It's like we can all be ducks, though, right? Like it could be uh, there could be wildly flapping feet under the surface. But the but the surf but on the surface, it's, you know, a cool and calm and quacking. Um, The water off a duck's back. Exactly. It's a beautiful, Um, beautiful analogy. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like I had a friend who would um, 
you know, start dating people and then just immediately jump the gun. Like she, she went from A to D every time she started dating someone just like, oh, we're going to get married. We're going to this, you know? And I was like, dude, you're like, calm down. Like this is not necessarily going to happen. Like just be relaxed with the stage that you're at, embrace the stage that you're at, you know? And so I feel like this is good advice for that kind of temperament, you know, when the people that just get over, you know, um, they just immediately (laughs) jump the shark on what the relationship is. Yeah. And I think what Jordan said about how she also mentioned that, hey, I got a job I liked and I started like doing things that made me feel good about myself. That's probably the part that we could lean into. Like, sure. right. yeah. On yourself, yeah. 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 There's definitely with that with every piece of like gimmicky advice, there is like a little nugget of truth. And I do think, yeah, definitely. I think it's it's a good point that that um, we can all be a little less frantic when going after something we want. So, yeah, that's uh, that is good advice. And I could work on that in job situations. And uh, well, but I also want to say just in, in defense of enthusiasm that I um, <laughs> recent <laughs> I recently met a couple of new, I made a couple of new friends and it's funny because I was like, oh my God, these guys are so great. I hope like we become friends. And it's like I they reciprocated my enthusiasm or like, you know, you're a little embarrassed about being enthusiastic in situations like that. And then, you know, but then when you get a sense that they too are enthusiastic, I was like, this is awesome. All of us are enthusiastic about retaining a friendship here. And so um, I, I want to also <laughs> applaud people that are not afraid to sh- show their heart on their sleeve um, with a little bit of just, yeah, enthusiasm. Like we shouldn't all be completely dead inside, but it's good to read the room, you know? Yeah, for sure. I would say that I love that so much, especially because I feel like I was a much more enthusiastic friend maker when I came, you know, to the cities. And then I became embarrassed about like what an enthusiastic friend maker I was. And I was like, I got to I got to hamper it down. So I I really love that you said that because it is a nice feeling when people reciprocate that enthusiasm. Folks, let me know where do you stand on this issue? Do are you doing the sexy indifference approach? Where are your feelings <laughs> on enthusiasm? Um where are you at? What has worked? What hasn't worked? I'm so curious to hear. Folks, that is the end of the show. I I mean, I had so much fun. And what I really want is for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Leah Bonima, where do they do that? Um, I am at Leah Bonima, L-E-A-H-B-O-N-N-E-M-A on all the things, on Instagram, on Facebook. I just joined TikTok. Uh, I, I am revisiting YouTube after a decade Please come in and join me. I am alone and afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Join her. She has so much fun stuff on there. So go enjoy um, and then log off and be healthy. Jordan, (laughs) Jordan Morris, where do they find you? Yes, uh, I do a podcast called Jordan Jesse Go. It is a uh, it is a goofy chat show, much like this one, but without the topics. If you uh, like this show but think it has too many topics, uh, you'll like Jordan Jesse Go. We sit down with a funny guest every week and just uh, bullshit till we can bullshit no longer. Um, and
And uh, as Nagim was nice enough to mention at the top of the show, uh, I also write comic books. My most recent one uh, is a story for Archie Horror. It is called Camp Pickens. It is three spooky stories set at summer camp featuring uh, Archie, Jughead, Betty, Veronica, the gang from Riverdale you know and love. Um, Yeah, these are really fun, uh, really cool. Uh, My story has great art by a wonderful artist named Diana Camaro. And uh, yeah, you can get that at your local comic book store. Uh, or online at the Archie Comics website, Camp Pickens. Uh, you're gonna like it. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, cool. It's tons of fun. It's yeah, they really turn out great. The if you if people haven't checked out the Archie horror books, uh, they're really cool. It's all those wholesome characters in shockingly fucked up scenarios. They are really <laughs> fine with you killing those beloved characters in every issue. It's it's a real trip. Uh, yeah, if you have uh, any fond memories of Archie, check out the Archie Horror books. They're a ton of fun. Um, so remarkable. Definitely by the book, it sounds like a perfect companion to Summer. Yes. And also, uh, Jesse Jordan Go uh, is such a fun, um, Jordan Jesse Go is such a fun podcast. So definitely subscribe. And you know where to find me and all the things that I do, folks. So do that and also don't forget the bear recap pods are dropping every tuesday um season two is now available join us on uh this wonderful uh journey i hate the word journey but join us on this wonderful journey um through the the odyssey of the culinary world on the Bear Recap Podcast every Tuesday. It's so, so fun. We have such fantastic guests, including the one and only Leah Bonema. Um, And thank you so much to everyone who makes this uh, show a possibility at HeadGum. Thank you so, so, so much to our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire, our fantastic theme music was written by Gabby Alter. You can reach us at faithinationpodcast at gmail.com with any ideas you might have. And don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad to support the show. And otherwise, we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.